0: You have your miter attack map. <laughs> you drink, I don't, you know. Put that on the wall. <laughs> it's
1: a little outdated now. I, I, I think it uh, might still be sitting in a former employer's cube.
0: Mm. Well, hey, if you want, if you want mine, I, I, I still it's rolled up. Somewhere. You kept it. <laughs> I've got it somewhere. It's, it, it might be missing a couple T's or P's at this point.
1: Um, I'm sure is has seeing a lot at this point. Like, Mitre's been doing a, an awesome job with like keeping that project relevant.
0: I mean, it's not surprising. It got a lot of adoption, right? I mean, every, like, I mean, all the big vendors, right. Are, you know, spouting off about how they have, uh, you know, full coverage of, you know, Mitre Attack and et cetera. So,
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they saw the gap and, I mean, they did a great job of addressing it. you are just like a Christian of a taxonomy.
0: Speaking of speaking of uh, frameworks that are doing well and relevant to our last conversation with OWASP, uh, I just saw OWASP top 10 for, for containers. Did you see this? Or Docker. No. A Docker top 10.
1: So... That's interesting. I wonder if it's a a new one that they created. So there was a an organization that created, I think it was like an OWASP top 10 type of project, and OWASP ended up adopting it, and a lot of the documentation at that time kept that other company's branding on it. Um, but I wonder if they've now they've oh, you know what? iterated upon it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure, but you know, I, I thought it was Docker and I just actually looked and it looks like they have something they're building, OWASP, but actually the thing that I saved was a Kubernetes top 10.
1: Oh, oh that's something I haven't seen that.
0: Oh, number two, supply chain vulnerabilities. That's a great segue into, uh, Talking about salsa, you know, I, I've sort of, I've sort of been half following salsa, but I haven't really like dove into it, right? Much less like tried to implement it in any fashion, either like you know as a personal project or or you know in a practical setting or anything. But I half half in prep of this uh, podcast, but also but also because I'm genuinely interested. I started looking into it a little more um, and it's, I mean, even starting at level level one, right? Just like get, like dip your toes into the world of salsa um, yeah. And, and and general like supply chain security in the context of salsa. Y- you really have to, you know, understand this concept of provenance. And so I was like, okay, this is, you know, the, the idea yeah. behind it doesn't sound overly difficult to understand um uh but then it, it's sort of a rabbit hole of of diving into and, and and so I started diving into like software attestations sort of in the spirit of of provenance, if you will, which is a dope name whoever came up with that at Google or whoever needs a pat on the back and then that 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 dives into this this uh, format for attestations called in toto which i which i've only i've only like this is how deep i've gotten in the in this sort of rabbit hole of, of salsa supply chain security software attestation stuff but um suffice it to say it's going to take me a little bit longer to 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 really digest it all
1: yeah it's uh you know it's really interesting and it's definitely still in the early development stages uh but you know one of the things that I've liked about it is that it's like very open for contribution so I mean you could easily kind of jump in and start participating in meetings and there are live like salsa meetings that you can join or you can go to salsa
0: dances that's what they should call it
1: or <laughs> you You can even like go to like the OpenSSF uh, YouTube channel, like text that to you. And do do they have like like, a Slack or something? You know what? They have like a Google group. I don't know if they have a Slack. Hey, you know what? I'm not sure if they have a Slack. I'm gonna have to check. Um, Let's yeah, it, you community. can like listen, they have all of their prior meetings like recorded and uploaded to the YouTube channel. So you can like, dive in and like listen to like, the past, you know, a couple meetings and, or even just like the past meeting, one meeting and just kind of get a good idea of like where they are as far as, uh, developing salsa and driving adoption of salsa and kind of like the issues that they're coming across that they're still trying to uh trying to workshop
0: yeah Um, there you go they have a they have a bi-weekly meeting on thursdays at 9 a.m pacific they also have a slack um oh there's there's, a slack and of course it's uh all of it's on github the framework itself so you can contribute that way Following their contribution guidelines, pretty sweet.
1: Um, and they're building like reference architecture for you to like be like, hey, like if you want to like reach it's also level one, like here's like reference architecture of like how you could deploy this mm-hmm, built mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was just I was I actually just pulled up there. Um, they have a, a GitHub Actions proof of concept um, for for uh, providence generation. Uh, which is kind of cool. Something that I, I think it's pretty easy to, if you wanted to play with it, you know, it's, I mean, it's real easy, right? To get a GitHub account and play around with GitHub Actions. So yeah. something that, yeah, really, I really, I do really want to play with this This is a sort of, I think supply, I mean, supply chain security and, uh, you know, zero trust, web three, these are like the big things right now, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely. Uh, and like with Salsa, like it's like really focused on um, open source software and like Salsa levels for um, what your your whole chain of dependencies for your projects. But I mean, you can also be leveraged for commercial uh, libraries that you're receiving from. Third parties to bake into your products, um, and I would, you know, I would actually expect a higher level adoption faster in the commercial space, just because of uh, the funding that they would have versus <laughs> an open source project, and the demand that I would expect to see at some point from consumers of commercial libraries, especially if they're delivering, you know, pre-compiled libraries without any source.
0: Yeah. I do think as, as is, as is pretty standard in the security industry, the, the money and attention sort of goes to where the last couple big, uh, you know, incidents or, or, or threats have, have sort of cropped up. And, and of course, you know, we've got some fun stuff like Log4J, but like I think SolarWinds is still like pretty high up on people's minds. There's been a lot of, you know, I, I've seen dependency confusion more often than I, and other sort of, uh, even, I mean, even with like open source um, uh, maintainers who have like purposely infected or otherwise compromised their own repos to like send a message. So it's like, yeah. I feel like it's like it's it's people are trying to make a point right and i and and um you know attackers are certainly using it as a uh, a means to get in if you will yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm like looking at um if you go to if you go to like just the sls, slsa.dev and you look at like their their problem statement like just scroll like a quarter way down the page and you see the graphic where it's just like it's pointing to like every step from like dev source build package and it's just like it's just like a bunch of exclamation points um i I, th- I thought that was really interesting because uh you know i've been doing a bit of threat modeling lately in different contexts for you know for work and such and mm-hmm. and i don't think I mean, there's always a level of depth you can go when you're doing threat modeling. But like, I don't know, had I not started digging into this supply chain stuff and looking at Salsa, would I've would I've been able to, off the top of my head at least, point to each of these and say like, you know, what a realistic attack or what a threat would be in each of those uh, each of those spots? Maybe if I sat down and really thought about it, I could. But it but it's but it's yeah. interesting to see like there's a lot of places where, you know.
1: Yeah, there are and. I feel like a lot of developers don't realize, like, at what points their packages uh, could be compromised, and it, it definitely... It's, this is addressing a, a significant gap that currently exists around supply chain security in general. and. One of the things I like about SALSA versus some of the other frameworks that have come about that to address the, the same thing, I believe OWASP, I, I forget the acronym that OWASP uses for theirs, but OWASP has something similar that they've created. Um, however, SALSA is taking it to the point where... It's more, a little more focused on driving adoption, addressing at what point you can say you have a certain salsa level, right? Like for, for example, if you're saying, like if your build pipeline is salsa level two, but you're pulling in dependencies that are salsa level one or don't have a salsa level, you're going to advertise your library as salsa level two or no salsa level there's like active work around you know how to best address that create that transparency saying like hey i am salsa level two but we are using these dependencies that have no salsa level so that you can see you're not stuck saying with all these libraries or um um, projects that are stuck at salsa level zero just because they can't get out of this hole of dependencies that don't have a salsa level mm-hmm. um so would
0: you i mean given that you know i mean it's sort of a web uh, uh, so, i mean software these days is sort of a web of dependencies your dependencies have dependencies and so forth in order for i guess the industry at large to like achieve you know for 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 you know a business let's you know a a, a big business today who's got a very complicated code base that has those dependencies that have their own dependencies and so forth how mm-hmm. like how, how are you going to drive like getting you know the salsa levels to to sort of like you know come all the way up through right I mean, I think there's there's already an issue with open source developers. You know, they're open source. They're not paid. You know, what what's their incentive other than to because they love doing what they're doing um, to to go and try to achieve a salsa level, whatever, such that you know they're, the people who depend on 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 their what they're building to to then achieve their own salsa level and all the way up the chain till you get to you know.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's definitely so. It'd be a huge turn rate if you couldn't claim a salsa level if, unless all of your dependencies have attained a certain salsa level. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could potentially, depending on the number of dependencies you have and and all that, and what you're using them for, I mean, you could pull that into your project and somehow like, kind of treat that as first party code. Um, so there might be like ways to kind of address that and attest to like a certain salsa level or the full package that you're delivering. Um,
0: so let's say you have, let's say you, you know, build or have a, have a, have a, a, a uh, you know, a piece of software you're writing and you have one dependency in it, let's just like very simply, you have one dependency in it, that's not salsa verified. Um, could you achieve a similar level of, uh, you know, assurance? Like, I wonder if, if, if the salsa framework has a, a provision in it, and I don't think it does, but where you independently verify a static dependency that you've brought in. So it's not, you're not dynamically linked, it's statically linked. And you say, I know for a fact that this is good. I've ended, I, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through the, the effort of, of independently verifying this statically linked dependency and it's good. And then you can generate your provenance from there.
1: Yeah. I, I imagine that's like part of the consideration. Um, I should get on the working this is group, like, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, so like this is actually a topic that you will see talked about in in the weekly meetings. Like it's, it's an open issue that, they're, that the working group is trying to figure out the best way to address. Um, and I am interested in getting representation in that working group and potentially resulting in, in us joining that working group. Who knows?
0: I was gonna say it sounds like you're already go. I was like your Thursdays must be lit, Mike.
1: <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I think it's an important project and a valuable one for us to get involved in.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, de- I'm definitely, I'm definitely pretty interested. Um,
1: and they're also looking at you know having independent audit verification of salsa levels as well. So in the commercial space, you don't have to just take um someone's like end our own uh, attestation saying like, yeah, I'm salsa level one or two, like the same way you'd get like an ISO or SOC two or what have you, you can have a firm uh attest to the audit level or salsa level of that package or library.
0: Yeah, actually as I was reading through uh, through this, I, I noticed that at least starting at level three, you start getting to a space where it's there's some level of, of independent audit, you know, independent yep. attestation um, or third party attestation. Uh, so, anyways, I got a lot to I got a lot to research there. Um, uh, I gotta build my I gotta start my own project. And
1: salsa myself. I'm, uh, I'm definitely a fan. But yeah, I think I, yeah, I stumbled across this like maybe six months ago. Yeah, I'm gonna go look at my.
0: I think I can see when I saved this. This is so you know I you know my um, I have a, I'll read it later. I use Pocket. Yeah. Uh is it gonna tell me? when i saved it um but i I, i'll tell you how many things i have in here in a moment but i wanted to see if it would
1: tell me i bet it's hundreds i mean hundreds yeah your list is like mine it's just it it grows faster than you can get through it my list
0: oh man does it not is it not going to tell me do you what do you use do you use i can read it later (laughs) no i
1: uh I essentially bookmark things and organize it into various folders. And then it just becomes unwieldy and I just
0: For somebody who, who manages to keep tabs on so many things, your 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 organizational methods are barbaric. I've always thought so. Even like your <laughs> even like your RSS, you're like, oh I I like subscribe to feeds in my like Outlook I'm just like how can you how can you live this way imagine imagine what you could yeah, okay. accomplish if you but but maybe that's maybe that's the thing maybe I'm over organized and I I spend too much time organizing and I have no time to learn and you spend your time learning rather than organizing
1: hmm. I'm sure there's uh, some sort of middle ground there there's a yeah, there's a I, I do not recommend my method <laughs> for anyone
0: no, it sounds horrific
1: yeah <laughs> It's, it's pretty bad. I, I question myself how I like how I like get anything done <laughs> with the way I organize things. But uh yeah.
0: So explain okay. to me what okay. an NFT is. Now this is a bad that's a that's a bad segue, but no, I have a buddy <laughs> I have a buddy who NFTs are garbage,
1: no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Let Yeah. me. laughs> I have this friend who I'm sure he doesn't listen to the podcast. But if he did, he'll he'll know who I'm talking about. Who's, like, obsessed with GameStop and has been since the GameStop incident. When, when, when was that? Like, last year? When? Yeah, like I think the, it was about
1: a year ago. With, like, Wall Street bets on, yeah, on so yeah. yeah,
0: so he's, like, full Wall Street bet cult and, like, obsessed with GameStop and spends all his money on GameStop stock. And maybe he'll, maybe he'll end up being a millionaire or something. Um, then he'll have the last laugh. I don't know. You don't want to take my advice on investing in the stock market because I just have a bunch of Tesla stock and it's not doing
1: great right now. Um, I, I I think I did see something about GameStop getting into the NFT space, but yes. I'm not sure like, what they're doing. I, I didn't really look into it.
0: Yes, but if you were to look into it, your face and what you would say would be the exact same. You would scratch your head and say, I don't, Exactly know why. So basically, they have and they have they're doing a couple things, and I only know this a bit because my friend's been just hitting me up constantly with what GameStop's doing. They have an they <laughs> so they have an NFT like marketplace, which is exactly what it sounds like—just a place where you can. I don't know if they help you do it, but you mint NFTs and you list them and you and it's just an open marketplace you can sell them so it's it's, it's like an open sea yeah so it's, it's yeah it's not too dissimilar from the other nft marketplaces that are out there but because it's GameStop, and they have this affinity for games they're also yeah. bu- they're also building some nft infused games one that the at least the one that i know of is basically chess but your pieces are basically nfts that you own I don't know if there's any that's... other game mechanics, but it seems kind of silly. I don't know how it works exactly. There's probably
1: more to it than that, but that is what it is. That's that's interesting. Um, I, I I guess I can kind of see where they're going with that. It's like sounds like it's almost like, like skinning your character in, in various games. Like, so like your Purchasing and trading various skins, outfits, what have you.
0: Yeah, I think it's like Um, giving them a use because otherwise, like you have an, let's say you let's say you own an NFT. There's not a lot of ways you can really use them. I mean, you can make like, and some other places are, you know, like Twitter. I think you can make it your like profile pic or something. Yeah, and it's like that's one thing. And actually, I'll I'll talk about I have I have something to report on on that front. But otherwise, it's like, what do you use them for? And I could see them taking that to like the next extreme where they do like, imagine like a collectible card game, like a Pokemon or a Magic the Gathering. And now your cards are like NFTs.
1: Well, I mean, that's essentially what's going on with like the NFT artwork, right? Except I guess in the card game sense, you would have some additional use other than it just being artwork. Um, although I, I i will grant that you know some nft projects actually get you subscriptions to um real or, real world things and communities so, so you could say that they're more than just artwork but a lot of nft use today has been just virtual artwork i bought an nft this is this, did is, you really?
0: this, this is my this is my confession i did um, actually I bought two, both from the same place. They're, they're in my red, that's my Reddit profile pic. So Reddit has similar to, actually, I don't think Twitter like sells them. I think you can just, you can sort of import them and as your t- Twitter bio pic or whatever, but Reddit has, you're familiar with like their little Reddit alien, like the little, yeah, little antenna.
1: So they have, did you, did you spend like a million bucks on an ape? or <laughs> what I, I, oh, did you get
0: I, I won't disclose how much I spent no it's not what I'm like I bought one oh I'll explore i'll'll I'll explain how much I I spent on my nft in a moment but it's essentially they just have a bunch of independent like artists create reddit alien like you know figures right so they're they're all you know they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes I bought one you could, if you go look at it it's kind of it's kind of like a, a like a robot in like a space helmet kind of thing it's kind of funny looking but i bought another one that was like kind of like a sea creature anyways i bought one it was like 10 10 bucks
1: mm-hmm.
0: i was like okay now i, I, I own an nft they like they they you purchase it like they have a specific piece of art and they come in like a set where the creator has listed that particular nft for let's say ten dollars but it's in a set of a thousand so they're going to sell a thousand of that same one so you have like one of a thousand right and they and they give you like what number like my number is like number 561 right and some of the more expensive ones are like it's one out of 50 and so the person, I think, I think they choose how much they want to sell it for, but since there's only 50 of them, they'll sell
1: it for a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Interesting. So I guess like one question I would have is like, do you know like where the image is being pulled from for your NFT? Like, is it pulling from like some random URL or is it like pulling from IPFS? So good question. Um, so you can go look
0: at your nft details and Mm -hmm. i can go click on my i can view nft um but you can okay so you're the web3 guy here though so i have a couple different options so my nft is now officially minted when you purchase it it puts it in this queue to be minted i don't know reddit has some back-end thing where it's Or I don't know how minting works. Maybe you can explain how minting works. But you can view it on Explorer. I don't know what that means. You can view on IPFS, and you can you can view the IPFS metadata.
1: Okay. So
0: okay. So there you go. I I now own, but but I mean here's the thing, the it's it's kind it's interesting that it's an NFT sort of in in a sort of like silly way for me. Like I don't care that it's an NFT. I don't. I don't intend to resell this. I can't imagine this being worth anything. Um, it's really just had this had this not been an NFT, I probably would have still still spent money on it because I just think it, I wanted a funny, I wanted a cool Reddit avatar, and now I have one. The fact that it's an NFT is just now I can talk about that I own an NFT. Yeah, I mean I don't think
1: there's anything wrong with that as long as you you know like as long as you like didn't like drop a stupid amount of money on it like in, in general like i don't like view nfts as uh good uh investments so no it's not from, an investment it's just yeah a, I, I figured yeah right.
0: but um, i did i did i did this other one was 25 dollars. so i spent 35 dollars on nfts it's not the worst way i've ever spent
1: money that's not bad yeah you know I mean you see people like dropping like hundreds of thousands on on nfts apes yeah well like, i think like apes right like those that got an ape like originally minted. i don't think spent all that much on an ape but like aftermarket trading like whoever like bought apes then i'm sure sure it spent way more than i think anyone should have on an nft
0: that reminds me though. So the same guy I was talking about, the game my GameStop friend, he he bought in a, a a like series of minting and I think it was GameStop related. So GameStop, I don't know if it's like GameStop proper like or or if it's a specific artist that's affiliated with the GameStop NFT marketplace, but minted like similar to the ape thing, a series of NFTs that are all like sort of similar like all the apes, but yeah. but slightly different, right? um called roaring kitties so it's just like a cat that's like roaring anyways he got one spent like 75 bucks on it right okay as did a bunch of other people like they i don't know how they did it they were like first to click on it and they got it and i guess there was a lot of i don't know who's buying these but there's some 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 uh some audience for it but there were people reselling the nfts immediately same thing as people did with the apes for ten thousand dollars plus for these things. Like he yeah, he he's like he showed me one. He sent me a picture of one that bought and like 10 minutes later for I think it was like $80 and sold like a few minutes later to for somebody for like between 10 to $12,000. And I and I asked him. I was like, "Are you going to sell your would you sell yours for like $50,000?" And he said no. <laughs> I don't know. It's I think he just really likes the kitty, but I okay, would sell mine for fifty grand. I would sell yeah. my my yep. my robot alien for fifty grand without a second thought.
1: Yeah, same. It, I I wonder like what dollar value he's like expecting it to reach. Because I don't I think he has any intention at on selling it. How interesting.
0: It's I don't know sentimental. Okay, I'm not sure.
1: I I can respect that. Then it's like okay, sure. It's, it's not about the money. It's like he just wanted that NFT. Yeah, that's cool.
0: I guess. Yeah. Me. Another yeah, thing. I'm happy. He's happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
1: I awesome. mean, I would have sold it, but then like I, I don't own any NFTs, so
0: and you also wouldn't have bought it to begin with.
1: Yeah,
0: sure. So more
1: than likely. But although, if, like, if I, I don't know, I I might get an NFT if there was a, a new project that looked interesting and I thought that I could actually get a, an original Mint. So are you
0: familiar with the, the the my first my first interest in actually buying an NFT? I don't know if I sent you this. I'm going to send it to you right now. A project, I think I did, I don't, we maybe even talked about this, Crypto CVEs. Have you heard of this project? I have Where, not. Basically, this dude... And I just, I love the, I want to get, actually, I should like message this guy and try to get him on the podcast or just talk to him. But he's basically, he basically had this amazing idea. Cause the thing about NFTs is that, uh, you can't just go mint an NFT for anything, like because there's copyright issues involved with like, I don't know if you, you couldn't just mint Pokemon and try to sell them. Like you would, you would have the Pokemon company going t- you'd have somebody coming after you, right? But this Probably. guy, not that there's a big market for this, but this guy decided to mint CVEs, which I don't think anyone's going to come after you for it. That's true. But this it, is interesting. And then had, they all have these like little artwork that he's like clearly like auto-generated. Um, like he he took the time to build this whole website, this like graphic auto-generation for the CVEs. But I'm like, I legitimately want, I, don't, I haven't, I, I I've been putting this off on my to do list, but I legitimately want to purchase, like, an a CVE NFT for like an interesting CVE, like Heartbleed. Like I own the Heartbleed CVE NFT, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Whatever CVE is the most interesting to you, which it, yes. I wouldn't actually buy Heartbleed. I can't imagine. Hey. It, like, how much would this cost? I don't know, but it's. It's I can't really imagine funny.
1: this like yeah i can't imagine it's like really taking off i mean someone else can just create the same project right and two people can own the same cv that's true it's what would be cool though is if or be interesting at least is if there was an official project for assigning generating nfts for reported cvs so if you report a CVE, like you get an NFT as kind of like a record that like, hey, you are actually. Uh, so you should go be credit it with a CVE.
0: Go be a uh, a a Web three marketing specialist for NVD or Miter and. Uh, you know, create create a first party. CVE NFT marketplace. Is this is what you're saying. I guess it wouldn't even be a marketplace. I mean, it would just be issuing, minting, and issuing NFTs for people submitting CVEs.
1: Yeah, could be interesting.
0: But then, but what's the what's what's behind like you selling that CVE? I mean, I guess then you know there's oh like you some, wouldn't
1: sell like there's no like there's no market value for it. It's just but, one well, way of like securing the CVEs. I mean, it's, like, it's one way to, like, it would be, like, a way to kind of show the CVs that are attributed to you, like, in some sort of verifiable way. Hmm. But, I mean, like, you shouldn't be able to sell them. You're able to sell them or trade them. You could sell like, anything. You technically could, but there's a transaction history behind, which is, like, one of the, like, the benefits of blockchain is like that into the public ledger province for an asset, you would see that, okay, it was like issued from MITRE to this individual or this address, and then it transferred to someone else. Okay. like Oh, well, whoever, like, now, like, if you want to say like, that's actually your CV, like you were then discovered the cv and reported it to minor or actually reported to the uh the product owner or system owner and had the cv issued
0: to hey. if you were going to send an nft to somebody right send an nft to somebody can you is that is that is that like a uh, uh, a mutually agreed upon transaction, or can you just sort of, if you have someone's, you know, whatever their endpoint is, like their their wallet, right, or whatever it is, can you can does does is there is there like mutual authentication or or some sort of mutual agreement, or can you just like post it you, to you, them essentially? You can just post it, yeah. Interesting. I was just thinking you could, I don't, you know, if like Equifax or somebody who got like owned by a particular CVE, you can just, and they had a, a you know, a, a, a blockchain wallet or some sort of public thing, you, you know, just as a way to troll them, you could send them a CVE. That'd be hilarious. So, I mean, I, I would like to see more web three being used to troll.
1: I mean, that probably will happen. Like, the whole Web3 space is just, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of security scrutiny around what's going on in Web3 yet. So, yeah, you know, adoption grows. You know, if it continues to grow, it looks like it is going to continue to grow. There's going to be, a, you're going to see a lot of vulnerabilities, a lot of abuse, and... I'm sure uh, a lot of trolling like early on before um you saw like really adoption of using ipfs for nfts you would see like some like trolley um nftments where the image is actually hosted it on like some random server maybe in like DigitalOcean or AWS and it shows you a different image based on like the source IP mm-hmm. so when you're looking at it through OpenSea you'll see you know whatever you think you're purchasing and then I think it's like this one security restructure that Moxie. The, uh, yeah maybe
0: like yeah it was Moxie Marlin Spike he, it, it like turned into like a poop emoji yeah or exactly yeah. yeah i saw that and then it got like taken down and they were all mad they're all butthurt <laughs> about it because he like you know pointed out how like you know basically had to circumvent right what they're trying to do yeah that's yeah, funny i i think web 3 is done though you see what i just sent you it's all about web 5 now web 5
1: <laughs> just, let's just an extra decentralized web <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. What happened to four it was
0: a flop. No, it's like, yeah, it's, but it's like how, it's how Apple skipped over the iPhone nine. They just went from the eight to the 10, you know, that's, or IPv4 to, to six, you know, let's go. Forget about, uh, forget, awesome. forget about V5, forget about web four. Web four doesn't sound that like cool anyways. It does not. Yeah. I like my webs odd numbers one web one three and five are the best webs but this isn't I think I I'm not sure if this is a this is a joke um, seems like a joke thing I did see like a well I say legit um, but a a seemingly genuine um, attempt at creating or or coming out with what is a definition for web 5 by some Silicon Valley CEO. This might actually be it. I don't know, but this is ridiculous. Can you really have a web5 if like web3 was never really a thing? I mean, it's becoming a thing. Like it's it's sort of there. It's it's a, it's in its infancy, right? But like this this seems like rather than this this isn't web5. This is just a competing if if anything if this is genuine, this is like a competing project for web3, right? Rather yeah. than
1: I really hope this is a joke. I'm like, I'm going through this, trying to like, <laughs> find evidence of it being a joke. Cause I, this is.
0: See, Mike, you're spending a lot of time trying to figure out web three. What you really should be doing is going to web seven. You should be crafting web
1: seven. <laughs> web set. That's lucky. Right. Decentralized identity. Seems to be like, what they're selling here right
0: so it's yeah you know, so they're going identity tier huh but they have an instagram for it so you know it's legit what's in their web five instagram oh zero posts zero posts about 450 followers a lot of people are just just waiting anxiously for, for the web five
1: Insta's. Yeah. So decentralized identity is like still like part of web three, but like web three in, in general is, is a very scammy. Like, so let, let me rephrase that. There are a lot of scammy actors in the space.
0: They're hiring. If you're trying to get a uh, uh, software engineer, TPM roles, Web Five, dude. It's the future.
1: Like this can't be real. Is this is.
0: Explain to me though. You mentioned so so because we got we went on a tangent there. You mentioned and we I know we talked about this before, but for you know, one use case for NFTs you mentioned was, you know, sort of that that ticket into like, you know, uh, exclusive online communities or whatever, right? Or you have an NFT and that's sort of your your pass in. Why is that better? Why is that preferred over just like any of the other countless authentication mechanisms uh, you know, that we're used to today? What's the value? Or is it just, you know, making it work, just the web three way of doing it?
1: It's just the Web3 way of doing it. I'm not, I'm not sure I would actually say that it's, that it's better. Um, I guess if it's, if it's like the NFT use case of like actually membership to a service or a platform, I mean, it kind of gives you full ownership of that membership allowing you to then sell your membership to someone else versus paying some like random subscription fee to be part of that service. But if However, I have a I user... don't see a business like transitioning to that type of model, right? You want that reoccurring subscription fee.
0: If I have a username and password, I can just sell my username and password to somebody. What's these passwords? I'm just saying is how it's not the end like, having an nft doesn't give you any special benefit um, I
1: mean, you could say that it like using nfts is like kind of a step towards moving away from the use of passwords but like really like what you're doing is you're you're not I mean you're not really like authenticating using an nft you're you're authenticating using like, public-private key pairs, right? It's like, you have your public key on the blockchain, you're proving that you have the private key and then you're in. So it's really just replacing like, password-based auth with like, certificate-based auth.
0: And we know password-based auth sucks in the hands of most people. Yeah, yeah. Or in general. Um, so So real quick, I'll just, I'll give you, I'll give you ready one minute. Tell me why Web3 matters or why Web3 is going to be a thing.
1: (laughs) Man. So I will start off by saying like Web3 as it stands today is mostly trash. Um, There will be a lot of people that disagree with that. It will be a thing or is a thing. Because of, I mean, you've heard of this before, the decentralized nature of it, right? It's like through the adoption of blockchain and IPFS, you end up in like maybe like probably like, 10, 20 years, down, I'll say 10, maybe like 10 years down the road, you end up with the potential for essentially like browsing the web while you're still relying on um internet service providers you're not having to rely on the aws of the world
0: that's one minute so okay i think you you got something out there but and i know we talked about this before but i'll just say it again why would i care or anyone care about it being decentralized right that's the big thing right that's sort of the idea around it um what does decentralized and i'm not going to put you on a clock but what it being decentralized, what does that give the average person? I, I understand there might be a niche individual on the internet that maybe from a, either like a privacy perspective or just a, you know taking the internet back from from the big guys, um, you know, those kinds of people like are, are stoked about the decentralized aspects. But what is it giving the what is it giving like the, the, the general populace?
1: The general population? nothing really right it's the the argument is that like you'll have an additional level of reliability and access to resources and so in cases where like for example when Amazon's US East 1 data center like went down like a few years ago and caused Outages for various services, like that, wouldn't be a thing in the Web three world because you're not like relying on that central point. You're relying on a peer to peer network.
0: But it still would be, in a way, right? I mean, people are still going to host things in AWS, and unless you, I mean, I guess what you're you're asserting that in the in this peer to peer network that people are there's a constant uh, mesh of people replicating things out of the sort of source node. Yeah. But in order to do, I mean, the internet is huge. I mean, think of just AWS's footprint in terms of what they serve. How do you, how do you replicate that at scale? Who's going to be responsible for that? Um, it would take, I, you know, I think it would take corporation level resources in order to, to, you know, create a, a, you know, redundancies like outside of AWS at which point you're still sort of relying on corporations. Maybe you have some level of decentralization in terms of what you know, US East Swan goes down. Well, now I can pick it up from maybe Azure now has it, I don't know, you know, somebody else has it, but it's still, it's not going to be like in the hands of the people. Right. And it's still not going to be like, yeah. um, you know, like wildly accessible, you know,
1: yeah, you're, you're so, you're, you're you're hitting like essentially like the fundamental problem with Web three today, and what will potentially be a a problem for several year, for several years, resulting in the eventual demise of Web three. But essentially, the I mean, the thought behind it was. You have wide-scale adoption with various nodes managed by the people, right? But what you end up with is, like, really the project maintainers owning most of the nodes. So you essentially still have kind of, like, the Amazons of the world, except now they're kind of less governed entities right i think like there was like recent research around okay like during the lifespan of a block of uh, bitcoin you know like how many unique owners of nodes were there i like the whole thing with the integrity of transactions on blockchain or on basically any blockchain protocol is like consensus through various nodes. And there's like the whole like 51% attack, where if you have 51% control over, if you own 51% of the nodes, then, then you can forge whatever transaction you want. However, if the solution is working and you're netting more through a functioning blockchain protocol versus uh forging transactions you're just gonna kind of like let it keep working and that's kind of what's been occurring in the blockchain space where right? it's really with all these new projects that come about and even the original bitcoin project the most of the nodes that are out there are controlled by a small number of people predominantly, like, maintainers of the project, so you still essentially have that centralized reliance trust issue. With IPFS, With like, which is like, the peer-to-peer file system, there's another issue of, okay, like, whatever file or resource it is, it's only going to be available on a node if that node owner has pinned that resource on their node. So really like still with IPFS too, like you have a, a fairly like, small number of nodes out there that are actually reliably pinning and delivering resources. And there's like that trust element too of like, okay, like can actually rely on this gateway to deliver this resource to me, even though, technically should be able to verify that it's the actual resource by checking the hash because you're using the hash to call it
0: so, so let me ask you and I might I might be unwittingly explaining how some cryptocurrency works but I, I'm almost certain this isn't some novel thing that I'm going to come up with right here but for, for a company that you know, wants to, wants to go web three, but understands that, you know, they're the creators of that content, right? You know, let's say it's, mm, I don't know. I'm blanking on anything, but essentially you've got a company, they want to do web three, they want to get all their stuff out, but they're like, who's going to host? I need, I need some other people to host my stuff, right? I need other nodes out there to participate in hosting, you know, pinning my things on their node, right? Is there a way, like, is there a, I'm sure there. I mean, there is, there's always a way but what if that company were to incentivize the hosting of that content, right? So essentially saying, you know, let's, let's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this out into like, try, uh, try to explain it in the the way of like blocks, let's say big company A has 100,000 blocks worth of stuff, right? And a block is sort of an atomic item, like a single resource. Right, not a, not a fractional resource, but a single resource. I have hundred thousand blocks, and I of course have. I'm serving it all from AWS, right? And AWS has its own redundancy, and that's great. But if AWS goes down completely, Web three is going to help me continue to deliver my stuff. So I need some other people to host these blocks, and they could they could in theory, uh, you know, you Mike Sampson, have enough. Like they could incentivize, they could pay you somehow. Right, some some fractional amount of cryptocurrency or a lot, depending on how many blocks you're willing to host. Is that a thing? Is that like a thing that web, like the Web three is doing? Like, it seems like you could host with, like, your hard drive has five terabytes of space or two terabytes of space. You could host five hundred blocks for them, and they'll pay you per block that you host.
1: E, so, yes. Um... So that that is a thing, um, and even like with like hard drive space, it's like just like plotting, right? Where you can run nodes with uh, a certain amount of hard drive space plotted and available, for whatever protocol that is. Um, but are you? And, being,
0: I know you can't. But like, are you being? Uh, is there some then, mechanism to pay you for doing and that? Then
1: you get paid. And whatever cryptocurrency that protocol uses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like you only get paid if like you're maintaining like, a certain level of uptime for your node, and it creates a, a fair amount of overhead to kind of like keep your nodes up and fully patched. First and for it to continue to communicate across the other nodes on the protocol, you need to stay current with the software package, so you can continue to communicate with the other nodes. Um, and then in the whole like staking blockchains, like Ethereum is at some point converting to. You would run your nodes. You would stake a certain amount of cryptocurrency, so like a certain number, So whenever Ethereum changes to it, like a certain amount of Ethereum, to that node, it's like locked up for a certain period of time. You have to maintain a certain amount of uptime for your node, and if all works out, you make some money off of the amount that you staked. But like you have to stake an amount, like a fairly high amount, because you're being trusted with verifying transactions. So, so staking protocol because you have a stake in insurance success of that protocol.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't really see like in a personal setting. I can't, you know, I can't imagine like it's like <laughs> you like in the in that in the situation in like the scenario I explained. You're 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 asserting that you're going to host some blocks or some you know some resources on your node, and your node's like on your personal laptop, and you like unplug your laptop and like take it downstairs or whatever. It's like no longer connected to the internet. Um, yeah. Plus, like so. everyone has like a router that's like you have an, your whole network internally is natted so there's issues there, and you have to like punch holes and a bunch of stuff. People aren't going to do or know how to do or be willing to do. Yeah. And then of course there's the security aspects.
1: and so so like those are and that's like for blockchain protocols right which is like you're only going to hold like so much data on a blockchain and it's like mostly not for like metadata and you'll have like larger files stored on ipfs now with ipfs i don't think there's anything like staking protocols or anything like that, where you actually make money or are incentivized to host content. Mm. There are a few services out there that will host content for you, Mm. Um, but I'm not sure if there is any sort of uh, incentive outside of just helping ensure the success of the project.
0: And I I feel like I, I, there was a time where I was like, I feel like I want to get into it, but I'm just not so like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not reasonably sold on it. Now it's a thing, like it's happening. Like people, big companies, right. Are very clearly as we know, throwing their weight into it, like for, for, you know, for better or worse, like there's a momentum behind it, whether, whether it will yield anything, whether what the web will become will evolve into what web three you know what what we all know is sort of web three whether that'll actually come to fruition who knows but like it's there
1: yeah i mean Uh, and i i could i could see like some like valid use cases around like gaming right where it's like you're playing diablo and the various like items that you get instead of like blizzard like maintaining all this information in, in like some sort of like rds instance or like, some sql database in their environment they just kind of like post the information to blockchain and your character or your account has an address assigned to it and and like that's how they'll handle like after market like the marketplace for trading mm-hmm. items that you found and all that we can see like stuff like that happening. Um, well, that's what I mean, but then,
0: but then it becomes, it's not web three. It's just a technology that it sits along like, like a billion other technologies that sit alongside the web we know it uh, today. Like I don't see a fundamental shift to everything being decentralized, even no, no matter how much time you give it 50 years from now, it, I, at least now, right now, this is coming from somebody who only barely understands all the concepts anyways but like based on what I've you know our conversation and what I have researched like I can see it becoming like like I don't think it's going away but I don't think it's taking over
1: either yeah I I don't think there is a big enough problem that web 3 is supposedly solving for to be a huge driver to transition to utilizing Web three technologies, and Web three is so is like is in such an early stage to where really it would be ill advised to try to like start transitioning your services to Web three. There's a lot just that just doesn't work. Trying to get certain things to work is just like very hacky. Trying, to like for example, like deliver like web content through IPFS is like okay. Now you have to like create your IPFS gateway. Maybe run that on your web server, just like deliver some of your assets through there. But there are so many so many flaws or vulnerabilities that you run into just like running an IPFS gateway. There's no great way of handling private content. It's like okay, like if like posts encrypted content to the blockchain or wherever, but, like, there's no real design pattern to doing that and allowing consumers to privately receive that encrypted content, right? Like, there's, like, a lot of it just, like, it's like, hey, like, oh, yeah, this could work. And, like, maybe, like, you'll run into a few people or, like, small projects that will, like, try to, like, make it work in some way. Um, But, no, it's, like, it's, like, we're experiencing, like, maybe the best comparison would be, like, like the dot-com bubble, like, for Web3, like, a Web3 bubble is developing. It's all going to come crashing down, and then, like, you'll eventually, like, find some real uses that will be long-lived in web3 space but
0: the problem is is that with despite any of the truly practical applications of web3 when people hear web3 they think probably crypto currency or they think nfts right and right now nfts are are overwhelmingly silly pictures of monkeys. And crypto is, uh, you know, at best, you know, a, 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 you know, sort of gambling, right? It's um, very speculative, right? And a lot of people buy it, thinking that they'll make some money, but there's not a lot of even use. I mean, there's some places like, I mean, I think you could buy a Tesla at one point with Bitcoin, I don't think you do that anymore. But there's not a lot of uses just for like, I've got, you know, I've got a Bitcoin, what do I do with it? Right, even even with like Bitcoin Ethereum, so little you can do with it. So I think a lot of people, you know, it's just sort of, it's trendy in a way, but unless unless Web3 starts coming out, uh, I say Web3, unless like the collective of people who are driving Web3 and, and have a serious, you know, investment in it, in terms of its actual practical use, in terms of evolving the web, like unless, unless there's like a, a, a a flashy practical application for it that gets starts getting mass marketed. Like people are just, it's going to die when NFTs die, which will be sad for the people who really love web three because they're like, ugh, like shut up about NFTs. Like this is, it does all this other cool stuff.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Most of my interest at the moment has been more around kind of like the app set perspective and, um, smart contracts because like, like minting NFTs especially and really a lot of the transactions that take place on the blockchain are relying on smart contracts and there's there, the AppSec space there so like the process of performing like static analysis on your smart contract code with pre compiling performing dynamic analysis on compiled smart contract code is fairly immature. I think there have been, uh, uh, I think a few security organizations have been coming around that will. perform, like, smart contract audits for you, and, and some, like, more, like, major institutions and projects are starting to leverage these um, consultants or security organizations for, like, smart contract audits, but still, like, not a high-level adoption. There's, like, some open-source tooling out there for scanning and fuzzing. Um, I mean, I but that's like see... an area I'm like interested in digging in a little more
0: yeah I mean I can see as, as you know as the this bubble continues to expand pre-bursting there's a lot of uh, newly created attack surface that a you know offensive minded security engineer like yourself sees and says there's an opportunity for me to like poke at a bunch of weak links right there's a bunch of attack surface here but the, the, the issue remains that the second that it does burst whenever that happens or to the degree that it happens, you'll be sitting around with a bunch of web3 hacker knowledge that is now, I won't say useless I mean but you know to uh, useful to a lesser degree, right? Um, with that said, I, I mean, have you seen uh, some of the bounties that these web3 like, Bounty hunters are getting like. I saw one that was like, I mean, there's been a couple, there's you know, bounties that have been issued specifically for vulnerabilities that were properly like disclosed. And then there was the one guy who, like, I don't know if it was, I mean, it was something crypto related. He like stole 500 million dollars and they like and gave it back. He was like, Here you go, he gave it back. And then they're like, You know, thank God. And here's like 50 million. We're just going to give you 50 million because you didn't have to give it back. But since you did, I don't know the yeah. story, but I'll, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But pretty hilarious. But the, but there's a lot of money to be made in, in Web3 bounties right now and Web3 yeah, security
1: in general. There have been huge bounty payouts. Yeah. I just like sent you a text with uh, like six different like Git Repos I've been following with Ooh. some tooling gonna... around uh, – like smart contracts. Have like fun weekend. security. It's like really like the smart contract area is like really like where like the more like interesting like security stuff is. Hmm.
0: Is is uh is smart contracts have applications outside of the web3 space?
1: It's just the web3 space.
0: Well then what do you know about lattice based cryptography is that I feel like that's web seven. I
1: right? know nothing about it.
0: I don't know anything about it. I only know it's a thing. Lattice. That's good. This
1: is like, for like the whole, like uh, NIST uh, quantum computing crypto thing.
0: <laughs> it might be, I don't know. You know, I took a crypto class cryptology course and as part of my master's program and it was it was truly fascinating and I, I I'll i say I learned a lot during the course of that course uh, that class and then uh, I would say promptly forgot it all I'm sure it's like archived right um and not that I didn't learn anything like fancy you know like they, they, they actually had they had classes on like quantum crypto um interesting that i never took but yeah crypto is not my thing
1: yeah it's uh that mine either it's like it's, it's interesting up until you get to the point where it becomes very math heavy and then it's like yeah
0: <laughs> it becomes very math heavy pretty quickly <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, i'm not a math major <laughs> You know, what's funny about Wikipedia, though, Um, there was a I saw an article about some, it was like some Chinese housewife that had spent like, decades, not decades, but years and years, like, writing, like, uh, I guess, injecting misinformation about the Russian government into Wikipedia pages like across Wikipedia.
1: I hadn't heard about this. What? Okay, no, it's it.
0: I, I haven't read like everything into it, but it. I mean, two things. One, funny, because, you know, just how much you trust sort of the integrity of what you see on Wikipedia. I look at Wikipedia a lot. It has everything, and oh, I'm smart enough to not trust everything I see on the internet you know I have, a, I have a healthy amount of suspicion with anything I read um you know for the most part I'm you know it's a real I don't know what salsa level it is you know uh, uh, it's, uh, metaphorically it's probably salsa it's, four it's probably salsa four well clearly not because um there's some yeah the, they haven't checked all their dependencies uh, specifically the uh Chinese housewives dependencies but um I'll find that story it's really funny um But yeah, it's just like, that's like, I mean, that's a, that's a long, that's a long con to just like sneak little tidbits of misinformation, you know, about some like reading about it, you know, some, you know, sort of, and I I don't, I, I actually, I need to go back and like read the full thing. So I'm not really talking authoritatively on the story, but, um, you know, so I don't know if it was like, you know, a driven, from like a truly like adversarial perspective like a you know nation state style like misinformation campaign or if it was just like some woman who was like just you know just of her own um you know of her own design just messing like with like singly targeting like one thing and just like spending years and years like dedicated to the cause of like misinformation against a single target you know sort of funny
1: that is that is interesting
0: Have you ever have you ever contributed to Wikipedia, Mike?
1: I have not. Have you? No.
0: You know I um. This is only loosely related to Wikipedia, but I'm gonna segue anyways. I was trying to. I was looking into what it takes to become Twitter verified. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And there's a you're trying to get Twitter verified. I'm just looking into it. You know, I get bored.
1: Or shell sharks. Twitter verified. Yeah,
0: exactly. Gotcha. Um, but I was looking. I was looking into it. and There's a lot of categories for how you can get Twitter verified. You know, it's, okay. it's like if you're, a, you know, if you're a famous person, if you're a, a you know, a government um, entity, if you're a business, you know, if you're a, you know, uh, an influencer. Just like if you're a per, if you're an, if you're a, a well known person, like in any respect, or a you know you're a, um, you know. A religious leader you know there's a bunch of different things that can that can get you um into uh what it takes right the criteria to be to be a a, a twitter verified
1: is uh shell sharks about to become an llc no but i was
0: looking into so i was i i like went through a bunch of sections and each one of them was like nah I, i definitely don't meet any of this criteria but they had one where it was just like basically like are you well known enough and there was there was two. There was two somewhat interesting like potential criteria that that could that could um, you know put you over the threshold. One was like having a Wikipedia page about you, and of course I don't have a Wikipedia page about myself or about my website. Um, but the other one was easy to make. Sure, and the other one was um, are you if you go to Google Trends do you have Google Trending data about your like website or about your you know your 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 Twitter, like your your, um. You know who you are, and so I, I I went to Google Trends, and I wasn't on there. Uh. And that's where the story ends. I'm not cool and, enough.
1: And shell sharks wasn't on there.
0: No, well, uh, well certainly not me. I'm talking about shell sharks. It wasn't on there. Uh, I
1: and thought it, you were searching uh your name.
0: No, I don't know why I would trend. That would be bad if I was trending. I'd be like the. <laughs> What happened? Why am I trending? This can't be good. If I was trending, it
1: almost certainly wouldn't be for anything good. Are you publicly attributed to Shell Sharks? What do you mean by that? Like like is your like name on the Shell Sharks website? Um, or like do you just like do everything behind like the shell shark's name, never giving like no. your actual name out?
0: No, it's not like a like a no it's not like a pseudonym like it's very obvious if you dig even my like for every single one of my posts a it says my name mike sass by mike sass now there's more than one mike sass out there but i also link to various social medias including my linkedin Uh, okay um well notably my linkedin is the obvious one that that's like yep that's who that's me my face is there etc so no i'm not hiding behind anything um but no, nope, I can't be Twitter verified maybe someday there's no there's no real value in it. I don't know why I was looking for it.
1: I mean, it's worth checking I mean, you do have like random people hitting you up about shell shark's blog posts, right so
0: yeah, but nobody's the thing I feel like you want to be verified when somebody's trying to. Uh, impersonate you, yeah, mm, yeah. Or, or I guess if you have a a enough people who are trying to contact you want to, you know, know that they're talking to the real shell sharks. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, maybe I don't actually tweet a lot, so sure. people look at my thing. They're like, I'm not sure if that's the real thing. But if you go to my website, you'll see that it's linked to. But not a lot. Of, not everyone would do that either. So
1: I think you should just become a, an influencer,
0: dude. I'm trying. I mean, that's why I get professionals like you on my podcast. Experts. <laughs> I get experts like you on my podcast. I'm hoping I'm gonna. We're gonna hit three digits again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. Web seven expert like yourself. <laughs> Web seven slash beer slash salsa In
1: centralized identity.
0: Yep. It's where it's at. Yeah. Decentralized, no, 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 extra decentralized. (laughs) Oh yeah,
1: extra decentralized.